0: Right, so episode 15, it's uh, Madiha Creator. I, the universe is the name, and I am here on my own. It's a little unsettling. Uh, It was exciting to begin with, but I felt that it needed to be done. Um, It's not been an easy day for me. Uh, My daughter is on the autism spectrum, and uh, she's been going through, we have been going through, I have been going through a tumultuous time. In the past 10 days, my son just recently left um, back to his college and uh, it has been a bit of an adjustment for us both. So here I am anyway, because I didn't want to give myself any reason to chicken out. The reason why I believe that it is important, it was important for me to show up on my own was because um, I did feel I was hiding. Uh, A part of me was. Um, which was, you know, when there is a theme or a topic at hand, it's easy to contribute to it and to be tugged along in the flow, especially when there's another human being who will carry you through. And that's it, right? Like, at least for me, and mostly as human beings, um, because we've been gifted these five senses, we find um, ways to look outside ourselves for things um so whether it is support emotional support physical support and then which is valid um or emotions for validation for uh, being accepted for being loved for being treasured for being honored so all of these values which are very important to us we tend to look on the outside for them because we believe that's where they lie our eyes tell us, so our ears, we like to hear those words, we like to see those people's expressions change when they see us walk into the room. Um, you know, we want to hold them, touch them. So that's what, that's what love is, that's what connections are. But here's what I believe in, and that's... Uh, so there are going to be two aspects of uh, my belief system. One I would call the, the higher self aspect, the spiritual aspect and the other one is the human aspect. And of course, both of them need to come to a point, Um, but for the ease of um, explanation, I'll break it into two. So here's what I believe. I believe that uh, it is easier to start and stay in a flow of love than it is to hate. I believe that it is easier to forgive than it is to be angry. I believe that it is easier to keep our peace than it is to be in chaos. The reason why I believe these truths are true is because I believe that we have been, or our origin and our core, has been created in love and with love. And because we've been created in love and with love, anything that takes us away from our core hurts us it becomes a source of pain for us and i remember having this conversation with um, a friend of mine years ago where she said uh, you know it's uh it's so difficult to stay happy and i said i know and i said it at that point as well i said i don't know about happiness but i know that it's difficult to not be at peace because we're going against the floor so the story that I, and by story I mean the truth that I know to be true for me, is that in the very, very, very beginning of time, um, there was uh, the source, the universe, Allah, whichever name that you want to call him it by, um, We, when we had not become. The source, Allah, the universe, looked at us. First, there was an irada of him for us. So in his irada, he imagined a beautiful um, creation in his own reflection. And so with his irada, he put the elements together and created us. And to make his irada be, he breathed into us and so we became. And that is the birth of us, the origin of us, the soul of us. And in our becoming, he gave us one of the most beautiful gifts that has ever been given to any creation, which is that of free will. And he said, so for me to Hash, he said, you beautiful, beautiful creature who is loved and adored so much and always has and always will be. Because here you stand, beautiful and pure and perfect. This is the life that I want to give to you. And with this life, you have one superpower, which is that of free will. And I promise you, he said, he said, I promise you, you will have everything that you need to be the most beautiful version of yourself in that life. Just believe that you have it. And this is what your life looks like. And so in that moment of my creation as a rule, I was given free will. And in that free will, I sat down with the source and I looked at the trajectory of my life. And from the point of view of the source, the trajectory of that life uh, was like in my perspective now as a human, it might have looked uh, crazy. But from that perspective, it felt momentary and it felt doable. And it also felt worth it to my soul. And that's what I believe in. Felt worth it because the soul understood, my soul understood that by With free will as my gift and with this source designing an entire universe that's perfectly rigged for me to go and experience my human life, whatever circumstances I I am creating as a source right now for myself are optimally designed for me to experience the beauty of me from the human self. And so having looked at it, With my free will, I decided, okay, this is the life that I choose. I will go in this timeline and I will go through these set of experiences and I will live my human self-life. Now with that, I was given a blueprint of a million probabilities, not generic probabilities that are equally applicable to another soul, but million probabilities uniquely designed for me, which are equal to a million choices in every moment And the free will as my superpower would enable me to choose the path of least resistance or the path, the easiest, most scenic path to surmounting, to crossing, to going through that particular path. And and that is the free will that I was given to exercise in my everyday life circumstances. And with that, I came into the world. So with this gift of free will, when the soul, before the soul came, my soul came into this world, it knew one thing. What it knew was that I was complete, supremely complete and supremely whole now, and there was nothing that existed outside my universe. Now, that brings me to the second point of my belief, which is that we are, as a soul, From a higher self perspective, as a soul, we are the singular, there is no other force outside, the singular generator of events and circumstances in our life and of people and relationships and everything that happens in our life. We are the singular generator. Now that singular generation of it happens, we believe it's happening right now. In this world but if we go back to my original belief system which is i already knew these events were happening my soul knew it Uh, when i was born i fell asleep and therefore i forgot that i had designed these events and circumstances now these were not the only events and circumstances that i had designed for myself as a generator um like any complex software or a complex game really Um, For each event, for example, if some event had happened to me when I was, say, 10 or 11, there were 17, 18 different probabilities that could have arisen from that event, which is what I had designed as a soul. But because I made the choice that I did make using my free will in that moment when I was 10, 11, as opposed to 16 other probable life paths, I came to, to this one particular one. And so it is with every moment, any significant moment that happened in our life, We have a set of probabilities, pre-designed, pre-rigged for us, available for us. And based on the choice that we make in that moment, that particular path unfolds and so it is. So it's almost like it keeps branching off into more probabilities with each moment. There's another million moments that rise from that moment, and that moment, and that moment. So I feel like that was the path. So as a singular generator, uh, as a soul, I am complete and I am generating all events, all circumstances, all people in my life. And so that means that there comes a point um, and not that there comes a point that means that what I believe in is that anything because this is my universe because I am the generator not just the receiver the generator because I am the generator that means every relationship every individual who has ever been pulled into my universe, has been pulled into my universe by me and is a reflection of me. Now, it's a slightly complicated, but also very simple concept, which means that every time you meet somebody who is triggering you, who's, you know, we have those people in our lives, like they, those people bring out the, either the best or the worst in us. So now let's focus on the people who bring out the worst in us. So the worst and us people are people who, in fact, are reflections of the parts of you which are the unhealed parts of you, the unresolved parts of you, who are on the outside now, you, had, you have generated as a physical phenomenon, almost to be you know, told by looking straight at your face and by having a conversation with you, that, Madiha, this is the part of you, look, I am who I am. You don't like me? Well, guess what, my friend? What you actually, I am a part of you that you don't like. Now, the moment I begin to look at people who are annoying, irritating, etc., and they will always be there. Those are not they. Those are I reflected outside. So when those people are I reflected outside, suddenly for me, there's nobody to blame. So any person who has hurt me, has uh, given me pain or anger, anguish, has left, abandoned, abused me are all parts of me. And why have I chosen to generate them as uh, physical forms outside myself? It's because those are parts of me that really, really, really now need to be healed and are ready to be healed. So that's the core of my my belief system. How did I get to this core? Uh, it's not an easy core to arrive at, especially when uh, most of us uh, who are probably tuned in or who follow the page are people who have not belonged and we have we are people who have uh, in most cases or in some cases faced extraordinary life circumstances so if you were to tell our li- you know if we were to tell our life story in a linear fashion to another human being it feels like a movie or you're reading a horrific book or a terrifying book or an exciting book depends but It's just been quite a uh, a bumpy ride, right, so far. Quite a bumpy ride, full of uh, minefields and disasters. And um, so most of us have led those lives. Now, when you look at these people, and I'll just speak for myself, but generally as misfits. See, there's a pattern, by the way. And the pattern is these misfits will be born into households, which are one of the most conventional households where things have happened, by conventional, I mean where things have happened a certain way, just because that's the way they've happened for generations, since generations, right? Uh, since the beginning of time. Like, this is just how things have happened in those households. Now, there are a certain set of rules, there are certain set of behaviors, um, there are certain roles ascribed to specific genders or people, um, and the structures, very, very strong family structures or societal structures, that are cemented and embedded in those households. And within those households, there is one soul who decides to emerge in that household with one singular objective. And the objective is a lot of these structures and a lot of these beliefs that this household and this family has been following for generations, these beliefs and these structures are not true. The beliefs and structures based on fear of Allah or of uh, separation uh, from Allah or separation from each other of um, strong divides where uh, they are different from us, or of um, repressing your pain and your traumas, not talking about them. So it could be a million, right? Of uh, of uh, withstanding abuse, not talking about it. So those are the those are the households that some souls choose to be born into, and the vision or the purpose that those souls have is we're going to go into these households. So we're going to almost like bring about the revolution from the inside. <clears throat> so we're going to go into those households and we're going to dismantle these structures. Now, because we are souls having a human experience, uh, invariably the first part of our lives as misfits or outcasts or black sheep would follow a very, what seemingly, what would look like to an outsider, a destructive pattern. There'd be a series, you know, uh, maybe self-harm, maybe alcohol abuse, drug abuse, psychotic episodes, um, disastrous relationships, self-destructive behaviors, extreme anger. All of these are things that we experiment with in the first half of our lives, but however many years, it depends on the soul to try to break away or dismantle the structures. Now, why do we choose pain? Why do we, and all, because all of these behaviors are equal to, uh, they're coming from a place of pain. Why do we choose that as opposed to like do it in a nice, peaceful, happy way? Is because the moment we're born into this world and the structures we're born into teach us one thing. And what they teach us is anything that you want, you have to fight for it, kill for it, destroy other people for it, step over other people for it. Um, bring about revolutions, maim, kill, you know, bomb, because there's no other way that you will be able to break out of the structure. So these are behaviors and these are ideologies and beliefs which are transferred to us. Okay? This is the only way to bring about, and I'm using air quotes, a revolution. And so we follow them. We follow them in the at an individual level. We follow them by... Um, through these passive-aggressive behaviors, by, by withstanding abuse, by, um, by not speaking our truth, by self-harming, through, um, you know, uh, uh, addictions, um, relationship addictions, and narcotic addictions, and alcohol, whatever, right? So we do all of that. Um, and, and, and so that, that formulates, for any standard black sheep, the first half of our life, where from the outside, from an outsider's perspective, you belong in a madhouse, Um, you don't belong here. No, you don't belong. You're not normal. Um, There's nothing about you that's normal. And the only thing that that black sheep is trying to do in an ideal scenario, and so there are less than ideal scenarios, I'm just going to be focusing on the ideal scenario. So the only thing that that black sheep is trying to do is to find a way to bring a change which is true to the core of that person. And the core as I believe in is always love. And so when they adopt these painful behaviors, they are hurting themselves and they're far, 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 far away from the core. And the more away they are from the core, the more they hurt themselves. So it's it's it begin there begins a cycle of pain. Now in some circumstances, in some instances those black sheep cannot bring themselves to break that cycle of pain because it becomes too much, and therefore, instead of being able to bring about those revolutions, they became they become the they become the contributors and enablers or a part of that circle. Basically, they give in, and how, what that giving in looks like is suicide. What that giving in looks like is um, wandering. Um, is uh, terrible diseases, uh, terrible addictions, lifelong now afflictions. Um, so they go down the path of pain because that's something that after a point becomes <sighs> becomes easier. So that's the choice that they make uh, because that's just something that they decide to do. There are a few though who walk down the same path. And they'll make very similar choices in terms of their behaviours. They will uh, be abused, but they will also become abusers. They will be harmed, they will also harm other people. They would have been lied to, they will also become liars. They would have been stolen, Um, you know, they would have been put down, they become narcissists as well. So they go through, some of the black sheep, go through the same cycle, but, but while sometimes, while in that cycle, there's something that clicks or changes in them. Now that clicks or change, change comes from the deepest, darkest, hurting part of them that finally brings them to, the, to rock bottom. Now that rock bottom moment can happen and it could look like a terrible, terrible, terrible divorce, a near death experience. Uh, a disease you know losing your life to it almost losing your life to a disease almost losing your child so big 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 point of no return moments Um, and so the black sheep is given one more chance to wake up and some black sheep take that chance and they do wake up now what does that waking up look like they have lived and breathed and existed in a circle of pain their whole lives and now suddenly they're up now what does that up mean they don't know what's up but they know something is up (laughs) so that something is up could mean um I am not happy, I'm not okay, forget happy, for happy is a big word in this moment. I'm not okay with where I am right now. Not who I am, again, who I am, blah, 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 it's big, big things. I'm not happy with where I am right now. So that where I am right now is the statement that enables that person, the black sheep, to start questioning, okay, how did I get here? What are the choices that I made? that made me get to the where i am right now so that is one part of the journey Then the second part of the journey is okay now that i understand the choices that brought me here a little bit i know that i don't want to be here now what do i do next then comes fear now comes the first point where you will have to take the first step out of that awareness that you find yourself in now if that awareness is which is what for what it was for me is an extremely extremely unhappy uh, marriage, which was again a result of a series of um, incidental happenings, extraordinary happenings. But um, so the, that meant for me, when I understand that because of the fact that I was I had been in pain since I was nine or ten. and after that these these, these things ha, ha, had happened. And because I was in pain, I made very painful choices for myself and for other people. I made choices that made no sense to me. And as a part of those, uh, that cycle of choices, of that circle, I found myself making a choice to be married and then cho- choosing to stay in this marriage and then choosing to act in, in, in ways which are in, in just unimaginable while in this marriage and and bearing a lot of stuff that no person should have to bear in this marriage. So I understand that I'm here, but now comes the second step, which is the only step which is the biggest thing that I'd, ever do, uh, that I'd ever do for myself is, I want to leave this place and I want to step out. Now, that moment of leaving this place and stepping out is not a moment. I call it a moment, but for me it took two years. From the point that I decided that I was not happy about where I was to the fact that, okay, now I find, uh, find myself to be brave enough to step out of this awareness to another place. There was an intervening period of two years. And so however long that takes, once you know that something is up, I promise you, whenever the next moment of doing something about it is simpler. So waking up is not doing things differently or making different choices. Waking up is actually realizing that you're not happy where you are. And when you realize that you're not happy where you are, you begin to examine why you're not feeling happy is it the place is it the people is it the relationship and then you begin to understand how did I get here so this self-reflection could take years it could take months it could take weeks it really depends for me it took years so it's not simple once you after that self-reflection and after having uh, seeped and been been in that cocoon for a while you decide to step out that From that point onwards begins a different part of your journey. Because the first part of your journey was understanding who you're not, understanding how you got where you did not want to be. But now for the first time, you begin to ask yourself, okay, so then what do I want? And you realize that because you had spent a lifetime firefighting, for yourself, for your sanity, for your safety, for your physical safety, for your emotional safety, for the physical and emotional safety of your children, sometimes from yourself. Sometimes, uh, and I've led that life, which my children were not safe from me. So I was hurting, and therefore I would inflict that hurt uh, on my kids. So once you've understood who you're not, and you've spent your whole life firefighting from one moment to the other, just trying to protect yourself and just trying to survive. Somebody, or you yourself, ask yourself, okay, what do you want? Now, what do you want part of it is uh, uh, the the most beautiful and also the most terrifying part of it because you are, say, 38, and you have no idea what you actually want and who you actually are. And to find out who you are and what you want, you don't ever make big decisions. You don't ever make life-changing decisions. So I know this is what they uh, show us in movies where, like, you go off for, like, a big... At least for me, okay? So anything that I'm saying is true for me. It's not like you go off into the mountains by yourself, you leave your whole family, and, you know, you're going to find yourself or... Another big, you know, you sell your house or, like, um, if, if... relationship has not been the contributing force and you're in a you know a healthy relationship it's not like you decide to take a break from your relationship and no so big things because right now you're in the most fragile moment of your life you have no idea who you are what you stand for and what you want but you do know one thing for the first time you don't have to fight for anything or fight anything anymore so you have a moment of respite in that moment of respite you begin to learn to take small steps but when you begin to learn to take small steps, because it's overwhelming, and this is something that worked for me, you begin to decide to do five small things for yourself in the next five months. But those five small things that you decide to do, and they are very small, in the next five months, you do them consistently. It's not a, um, an idea that you think of, a dream that you have, oh yes, I'll do that the next morning, you do something else, no. It's a discipline, it's a practice. To be able to understand who you are, you begin to change or do five small things that make you and only you happy. And you do them consistently, persistently. So for example, I... Because I knew that once you sign up for classes and you've paid the money, you can't back out even when you want to. So I signed up for swimming classes, and by the way, after three months, still did not learn how to swim. But it gave me—it would give me a lot of pleasure stepping out of my house on a Saturday morning, with my—you know—the entire thing, going into the, doing something for me that I had never done before, and I was really proud of me for trying to do something new and something that I was afraid of. So I signed up for swimming lessons. That's the first thing that I knew would make me happy. The second thing that I realized that made me really, that used to make me really, really happy, and I stopped doing that, is that uh, for, and and again, this is at a time when I had decided to understand and to rediscover, to re remember who I was as a human being. Uh, The second thing that I decided to do was um, that I would put on old Indian songs in my house every day. And the reason why that was important was because I remembered from the few memories, uh, happy memories that I have the childhood, of my childhood um, have been Burane um, India Ke Gaane blasting on Sundays, right? So I thought I'm gonna gift myself and I wouldn't, like I know the lyrics to the whole song. So I'd gift myself and I'd only do it for me, for nobody else because, and I had not listened to those songs in 20, 15, 18 odd years at the time that I decided to do it. So I decided to gift myself the gift of uh, old Indian songs that I would play only for myself. The third thing that I decided to gift to myself was that I um, would take myself out for a drive. Now that drive was not for one destination to the other. It was not to drop or pick anybody because that's something that I would do for my kids also. But just drive for the sheer pleasure of driving. And sometimes I'd have music on, sometimes I would be crying, sometimes I'd be screaming down the roll windows. But I would just be freaking driving from one end of the canal to the other, from one end of jail road to another. So that was the third thing that I decided to do. And the fourth thing that I decided to do, give to myself, as I picked up a pen and a paper and I said, I'm going to start to write. Now I'm never going to, I'm not going to write for anybody, for an audience. I'm going to write for me because I used to take real pleasure from putting pen to paper and uh, to see ink creating words that I had not imagined possible. So I started uh, gifting. So I gifted myself the gift of writing. But I did that with a little bit of a plum, So I went ahead and got myself these pretty handmade papers and these diaries So because I really wanted to give it, give myself the pleasure that I remember receiving from it. So, you know, my pretty diaries and a pretty paper and my specific pens that I would always carry in my satchel with me. Uh, and I would commit, so I committed to, from three o'clock every afternoon till five o'clock every evening. From three to five used to be my writing time. And what I would do was that I would show. And again, these are disciplines. These are not steps. Those are these are steps that I practiced over and over and over again for six months, actually. Um, so um, and 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 so I would show up from between three to five every uh, for every afternoon in my study with a paper and a pen. No idea what I was going to write. I just thought this is when I'm going to begin to write. So I'd put out my I'd put down my instrumental music at that time. Light my candles you know, draw back the blinds and uh, sit in my study and uh, with a pen poised over paper. And so that's the gift that I give to myself. So these, these four or five things that I gifted to myself when I wanted to find out who I was were my gifts to me to understand who I am today. And what I realized at the end of, I don't even know whether it took me six months or a year, but perhaps a year, what I realized, and there were a lot of choices that I made in that one year, which were, not new choices. They were very similar to the choices that I'd been making for the last half of my life. So it's not as if these five habits you will adopt and suddenly you will see yourself making empowered choices. You've lived a certain life with certain behaviors and certain number of years practicing them over and over again. It's going to take a little bit of time. So I found myself making similar choices to the ones that I'd made earlier, self-destructive choices, but I did not give up on these five things that I had gifted to myself. And what began to happen at the end of that one year of after having gifted myself these five things, there were parts of me, underneath parts of me, the under the ocean parts of me, that began to emerge, sometimes almost unexpectedly. And what I began to realize was that I'm actually almost coming full circle to being the girl that I used to be when I was 16 or 17. And even at that time when I was 16 or 17, it's not like I didn't have any traumas or pain because I'd been in pain since I was nine or 10. But somehow that girl who was 16, 17, 18, like during these years, had this beautiful power to open her eyes and look outside the window. And I promise you every time that she'd look outside the window, there would be something Terribly beautiful, waiting for her. And it's not like she looked for beauty, it was just always there. And so I found that 17, 18 year old girl emerging from within me after having gifted myself that continuous practice gift over, you know, a few months. And I began to find little by little, very, very little, beauty again. And I began to understand about myself ah, oh, okay. So Madiha, uh, this Madiha stands for this sense of beauty, which is not extraordinary, but it is in everyday life. She, she finds true pleasure from finding things of beauty where others would not see beauty. So for example, I began to take a picture, I started this entire pictures. sorry, began to take pictures, I started this entire photography series for myself, on my phone. Which is um, uh, hidden treasures in my garden. I, I called it right. So it wasn't a literal garden. but in my everyday life, some, you know, some still life painter has placed that that tree branch, that dry tree branch withkha Nikapata in exactly that same way against that splat of blue paint for for and he's just gone off for a coffee break and he'll come back and he'll begin to sketch it. Or um I'd be sitting in my lawn and there'd be this ek patta ek ki one and I and I, I wrote I remember I wrote a like, I believe that I was born just to witness the light. It's so vivid, the light falling on that leaf in that one moment. And so my whole life. And this one moment where I'm a witness to this beauty of this light falling in that leaf, and my God, I have lived. So I began to, when I began to understand that I stand for this sense of beauty, this in small little everyday things, I began to find it. And when I began to find it, I began to fall in love with it. And when I began to fall in love with the beauty outside myself, I began to understand and at the same time I was reading a lot and it goes back to my second belief which is it's all a reflection of me. So this patta that I'm watch, uh, I'm looking at and falling in love with or this tree branch that I'm looking at and falling into are all beautiful aspects of beautiful parts of me inside um, which are being reflected outside. So my God, I'm falling in love with the beautiful world outside but basically I'm falling in love with myself. So the finding yourself then is not an epiphany, one or finding out who you are and what you stand for is not a revelation, it's not a vahi, it's a knowing that reveals itself to you little by little in small, tiny little steps when you set out on the journey. And you set out on the journey from the point where you understand that you're not okay with where you're at and whether you have made in that, at that point, whether you have made a niyat or an irada or an intention deliberately or unknowingly, it doesn't matter, but the fact that you have decided, I am not okay with where I am at, has already begun to unfold the next chapter of your life and because you are so powerful and because you are the generator and because you are You have this supreme gift of creating anything you desire because you have decided this is who I'm not. Now the universe will show you who you are. So in that moment of free will as a human being, and that's the second chapter then of my story, of when a human being begins to wake up to her or his soul, that is the love story. And when a human being begins to wake up, It may take years. It may take a blink. uh, It may take forever. It doesn't matter. But as you begin to wake up to who you are, you begin to wake up to the love with which you are loved by your creator. And when you begin to understand, and that's a part of my personal dismantling journey in the structures uh, that I've been born into, When you begin to understand that the love that your creator has for you, first, he only has love, there is no other thing around it, there is no, everything else is an illusion. The judgment, the shame, the pain, the guilt that you feel is an illusion from the moment you understand that you are loved and you are adored you also begin to understand that the only reason why you have not you have done all these things that you have done is because you have not felt that love before and once you begin to feel that love once you begin to fall in love with the creator who created you there is no way there is no way that you would deflect or go back or revert to a uh, a journey of pain again and when you do do that when you do because you're human after all so when you do end up making choices which bring you pain bring your heart pain or bring people that you love pain who are all extensions of you, reflections of you anyway so when you are making painful choices now that you're awake to the love of the creator that you feel in your heart you also know that these choices that you're making you are able to look at them with kindness, with compassion and forgiveness. And you say, you know what? This is what I've done here. I forgive myself here. There's nobody else to forgive you. I forgive myself here. And I'll go back to the big, warm, beautiful cocoon, giant beer-like hug of my creator, where I feel only love, where there is only love. And so once you begin to practice that feeling of love inside your heart with which you were created, when there was nothing in this whole entire universe but you and your creator. And the love that was breathed into you, when you begin to practice that feeling of love, you begin to understand how adored you are, how treasured you are, how honored you are, no matter what you have done in your life. When you feel at... And there will be moments, because those are, this is the life we have lived, and I've, I have these moments, and that's why I'm being able to speak of them. the moments when you feel such a strong burden of shame, when you think back on the choices that you've made, and you feel such a strong harshness of judgment when you go back and look at the actions that you've done. Just this morning also, so it's not like, oh, all of this is in the past. In your everyday life, you will be human. You will make choices which you yourself will shame and judge yourself from. But if you can, always have that one core to go back to, that core of love. And so almost as if, you know, this is your core of love where your creator sits with his or her eyes, however you want to look at him or her. His arms wide open for you, and you're like this little kid who will go and play and do those things that you're judging and shaming yourself for, and then go rushing back, run, 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 running back to your creator, and and he'll hug you, and he'll say, my God, you beautiful girl. Welcome home, I love you so much, and you'll say, but hello creator. Like, did you look at all of those things? And he said, no, I didn't look. I was so busy falling in love with you, and falling in love with who you are, I did not look did you look at what you were doing? And you'd say, yeah, I, I did look. And and your creator will say, how do you feel? And it's like, I feel now that I'm here in your arms, I feel okay. And it's like, okay. So then feel my love, and you'll just be happy feeling the love of the creator. So if we can practice this visual, or this moment, and this love, I understand, it's not a love that is, a, the feeling of this love is not easy. Because a lot of, for some of us, most, some of us have been lucky, and some of us have not been so Uh, we don't know what it is to receive such unconditional love from another human being. So we don't know what it feels like. We don't know. So in those moments, and I've done that, is I have begun off by telling myself a story. And in my, because I wanted to understand what it felt like to be unconditionally loved and to not be judged, not to be shamed, not be blamed. How is it? So I began to tell myself a story and I said in my story this is beautiful vi- wizard uh, who lives in his tower of love in his garden of love and that wizard is forever waiting for me to come home so he can adore me and just make me feel so freaking beautiful and just tell me how much I am loved. And so... In the beginning, that story was a story. And it sounded so nonsensical. Dude, a 40-year-old woman who's telling herself the story of a little girl who's going to her wizard in a garden to feel loved. Like, what's going on, right? But I I, I used to tell that story to myself. And I used to tell that story to myself sometimes, a thousand times in a day. And over time, because I was consistent, and that's, that's again, it's a discipline. It's a practice. This. Just falling in love with yourself. substance a discipline. It's a practice over the years, over the years, over time. It began to get more and more. It began to feel more and more real. Um, it began to feel more and more real inside. And the moment, because we know that everything else is a reflection, the moment I began to feel the feeling of that love inside, beautiful people started showing up. Strangers who had never met and would never meet again began showing up in my life, in really unexpected moments, doing magical, beautiful, kind things for me, wanting nothing from me, taking nothing from me. So the unconditional love that I was feeling on the inside is not just for my bedtime stories, not just for podcasts, it's not just for writing in my diary. The the moment you begin to feel it, the outside world immediately verifies. It's like, yes, yes, you're feeling it. See, see, this is happening, this is happening. So that began to happen. And so what that brought me to understand about myself was that the more I am unconditionally feeling love for me here, the more I am going to be demonstrated that or given evidence of that on the outside. So then the formula became a little simpler and a little more understandable because now there was nothing outside because we are creatures of control. We control everything. So what is the biggest strife that we have in, with our life? Nothing is in our control. Everything is in your control. It starts from a feeling from inside you. Practicing that feeling inside you and seeing the evidence of it outside you. So what began to happen then is any time that something was not working out in my life in terms of events and circumstances in my own relationships on the outside, I would go back first to understand why I'm not giving myself or feeling the same love. Because the moment I say I'm not feeling loved in a relationship, what I'm actually saying is I'm not feeling loved inside. I'm not giving myself the kind of love that I want to feel and experience because I am the generator. Anything that I feel inside will automatically be reflected outside. There is no other reality. There is just none. It starts from a feeling which cements into evidence, fact of people and relationships and circumstances and events. That's, it's really as simple as that, that's, that's the formula. It's not an easy formula uh, and it's not a formula that is uh, something that you can sustain on an everyday basis because with this formula so you have the tools figured out you have the laws figured out you have you're feeling this um, you know that you are loved here in your core and you're strong here in your core and all of this is true but with that is also what is also true is that you're a human uh, is that that you will there are times that you get you'll get angry you, there are times that you will end up regressing and I call it regressing but It must be, I guess, regressing into earlier habits, uh, earlier choices, which you thought that you had overcome. But here's what's different. What's different is earlier where it making those choices would have. So there's a cycle that starts. You make you do something that you don't like. You don't like yourself for doing it. You judge yourself for doing it. Now, the moment you judge yourself, you have added more to your not likeness of yourself. Now you're judging yourself now you're angry at yourself now adding more to the not likeness and not likeness of yourself so it's almost like this momentum that you've started on not liking yourself that started off from doing one thing but then you judged and then you blamed and then you became shameful and then you became angry that you're judging blaming and become so it's almost like you started a momentum right so if we can do that one thing that we don't like and stop there and observe don't judge don't blame don't shame Observe and say, okay, Madiha, human being, you beautiful human being, here you are doing that thing again. It's okay. You've done that. It's one moment. Can we leave it there? Can we come running back? Come, come running back, running back to your core. Ah, so loved, so loved, so beautiful. Hey, but did you see what I did there? Yeah, I saw. It doesn't matter. Who cares? It's okay. It's okay. You're a human being. Forgive yourself. Come here. Feel love. Feel love. So what I'm being able to do now is instead of starting that cycle, I am retrieving from the battlefield (laughs) coming back to my core to recharge every time that I find myself falling and when I say every time I mean that falling happens by falling those human things these human things my beautiful human things happen so I'm owning my humanness now so uh, my beautiful human things happen multiple times in a day and so multiple times in a day then, instead of saying, oh, my human things have happened multiple times in a day, multiple times in a day, I'm giving myself reasons to run back to my core and to love myself multiple times a day. So now instead of saying, I am acting in painful ways multiple times a day, I'm like, I'm acting in human ways multiple times a day I'm running back to be loved multiple times a day. So I would to focus on the being loved part of it multiple times a day. The more I'm doing this for myself, the more I'm finding the kindness within myself and the grace within myself to extend it to another human being, and the couple of times my mother has asked me this question, um, where it's like, how could, how can you forgive A B C for A B X Y Z? And I said, because um, there was there is a uh, the source who has forgiven my ABC and overlooked my XYZ one million times. So essentially what I'm doing and what I love to call, I don't call it, this is Allah's words, but I, what I um, link to is, uh, I link this to Karzul Hasana and just paying it forward, but paying it forward in a much deeper way because the deeper way is not, it's not just doing, not just returning something that's been, uh, you know, returning good, in lieu of something good that's been done to you, not like that. But Karzil Hasana is, uh, and how I imagine it as, is when you extend a moment of kindness to anybody, uh, and you find yourself to be able to do that, uh, what you're actually doing is you're putting a tiny paper boat into this beautiful, magnificent sea of gratitude and abundance and love and wholeness. Now you have put that tiny paper boat, it's a small act of kindness that you did in one small moment, but the sea that you've put it in is this magnificent, magnificent sea. And so in the time when you are in the midst of a storm, that boat will come back to you in the form of a ship. That for me is Karzul hasana. It is not an equal exchange by any stretch of imagination. It is one small act as a human being that you find yourself doing out of a moment of grace. But what is given back to you is multifold, and it is awesome. So that moment of grace, we can only extend to another human being once we have practiced it enough to extend it to ourselves. Because if we are hurting inside, we cannot bring peace outside. A hurting person, a hurting human being will only raise their hand. They will never choose silence or never choose peace because there's so much pain inside. I know that because I have done it and I've been there. And so, I guess where I want to end is that the core of us The love of us, the beauty of us, is the only truth there is because that is how we have been created. Everything else is the absence of love. It has no other reality. So what I believe in is that there is love and then everything else is the absence of. So I'm choosing to practice this practice of love that I am the generator of in my daily life more and more by doing things which are good for me, which bring me peace, which bring me beauty so that I can generate peace, so that I can generate beauty and I can create relationships and events and incidences around myself of love and of beauty because the origin is I and everything else is just a reflection so yes, thank you this is I, the universe and um, I didn't feel I don't feel frightened anymore I don't feel like I feel like uh, my words are making sense and I feel I feel good, I feel whole, so thank you and much love and much light.